Welcome to the We Are Alive Fancast. And now, your hosts, Mr. Redbeard and Mick. Welcome to episode number 46 of the We're Live Fancast, where we cover every new release of the We're Live Podio Drama. I'm Redbeard. And I'm being drugged behind a truck, forced to do a podcast. My name's Mick. <laughs> and you'll like it! <laughs> <laughs> Today we're covering season 4, chapter 46, episode 2, Under Pressure. Does it work? <laughs> do, I, I have Sounds no like idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it effective? Maybe. Is it telling the truth? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> what does this subtitle mean? Is that the meaning to the subtitle? Hmm. I, yeah, I hadn't thought about it till we just put it in that context. I was thinking about something else. <laughs> what were you thinking? Uh, about different smells and sweats and things. Oh. Well, I guess it did work. <laughs> what were Maybe. you thinking? We can wrap the podcast up. We're almost done. Oh, we're done. See you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs> so, Casey's been sick, and we wish him to a speedy recovery. Yes, hopefully you're well again when you hear this. With <laughs> While we bombard you with a ton of episodes to review. Right. <laughs> and everyone else out there. Yes, and so the Scott Marvin interviews in the wild now. Yes, and if you want the uncensored version, you go to mickred.com, go underneath the World Live Fancast page, and you'll see it there for a measly dollar. But if you want to donate more, we'll be more than happy to accept it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, many, many people were asking, and a few people started recommending to us and like private messages and things that since we're trying to raise money for the finale, we should uh, we should put that on there. So you worked a little bit of overtime this weekend, Redbeard, and got it edited and configured the site to do all that. So good stuff, man. Yes. And, oh, man. we Okay, so understand with uh, last episode covering uh, episode two of chapter 46. No, four. Or episode one. Sorry. I had it in my head and said it wrong. But, um... I did. I had to edit that one twice because Audacity crashed on me, and the Burt interview was edited twice. Well, now three times for the un- uncensored version because Ooh. of Audacity crashing. <laughs> that stinks. <laughs> I think I've got it figured out now, and I've about got my new laptop set up to hopefully fix a lot of these issues. Very cool. Also, uh, we'll be interviewing Otto Stark and Nate G's. Actually, when this episode comes out, that e- this evening, uh, Thursday evening, we'll be talking to Otto Sterk and the Nate G's the following Tuesday. Of course, Otto plays Vic and Nate plays uh, Saul. If you guys have questions for these two, there's threads on Facebook. There's a thread on the forums in the Everything Else section. Or you can just email us at we're at mickred.com and we'll... Uh, We'll try to you know put some light questions together and ask them, mention everybody, and uh, just get some you know a good interview going, hopefully. Yeah. And I'll just throw it out there: we don't have a date set yet, but the guy that plays Kalani asked to come on the show. That's right, that's right. I haven't replied to him yet, but yeah, we need to do that. Yes, that's cool. Kevin Flood, I think, was his name. Right, right, right. I couldn't think of it. <laughs> it was just on my on my mind at the right. time. Kalani, good stuff. So we got some corrections, and I'll go ahead and start it off with one. Yeah. My theory about the brain activity was wrong. <laughs> it has That hasn't been confirmed wrong, but the sweat has been confirmed that it works. <laughs> I, 
Yeah, I'm guessing that, I don't know, it may not play a huge role in it, but Mm -hmm. just go ahead and throw that out there. And here was something. Uh, Michael Patterson messaged us and said, Hey guys, Kelly and Vic have been together since the end of chapter 36. And I remember them having like a little romantic line or two back and forth. And maybe it was left for us to to think maybe that was headed that direction. But I didn't know that we were for sure that they were there, you know, romantically involved. Yeah, I did a block that out of my mind. Uh, he was referencing, you know, because it sounded awful flirty that last episode. But yeah, I, I thought they would they were heading that direction, but I'm not sure. And it could certainly have happened in that little months off break. And I told him thanks, and he wrote back, sure, what are hat-tipping cordial Canadians for? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Checking their pocket watch and giving good corrections. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, man, that's too funny. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And if you guys don't know, Mick has a uh, channel out on Twitch. And uh, you, should, you should come over there and check it out sometime. The, the people getting their crazy conversations on the in the chat window is... Incredible! It's turned into a like a we're alive, another like fan group because <laughs> Adam was the first moderator. He's one that's a frequent uh, contributor here, and then every other moderator that comes on, Adam's always pushing we're alive, and so big time. All my all my moderators now are uh, we're alive fans, and also I don't know if I should say this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say their names, but a few of them. Really want us to interview Hope. Hope, 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 Hope. So much so that I had to, uh, I had to ban the word Hope on the chat because they were just chanting it constantly. It was awesome. <laughs> well done. <laughs> yes. So I banned Hope. <laughs> and then it's today, terrible. a few different times, people said, "I hope this and that happens," and it was, you know, asterisks like it was a cuss word. <laughs> <laughs> or what the heck? <laughs> right. Unnecessary censorship. <laughs> well, you ready for the scene-by-scene scene coverage? There's uh, no new reviews this week. Okie dokie, I am ready. All right. So we cut to a nice little scene of, well, maybe not a nice little scene, but Bert and Riley are having a well, conversation in a vehicle. Well, on a casual drive, you know. They're talking about little things about, you know, truck repair and or truck modification and things like that. Diesel. Yes. I really like that they they brought up that even just to talk about it for a second, just to remind us that yeah we're in a crazy survival situation and we need to find some some kind of sustainability. What do you think? <laughs> I I think it's a, a viable option. I mean, I, it's not really hard to do. All of the chemicals that you need, you could find at almost any store. Even the dollar store down the street mm-hmm. carries most of the materials you need for it. Right? Did you like that they brought it up though when we're talking about it? Yeah, <laughs> and about using Tardus as a resource since he's kind of a little chemist, <laughs> little Breaking Bad chemist back there. That was a good point. And at this point, I was like, oh, a poor little tortured Tardus must be asleep in the back seat. <laughs> Did you think that? I didn't know when what When they was said going back on. there, I, I was like, you know, oh. I thought maybe he was keeping his mouth shut out of fear of Riley. <laughs> right. I thought he was in the back seat, like laid down asleep while they travel somewhere. I guess nope. he's <laughs> they have a tether to the back of the car. <laughs> right. Oh, this is just the funniest image ever. It is. And well, um so they went there. They're uh, this is a form of torture, I guess you could call it. And 
Well, at least Riley definitely went there, and Bert was a party to it, though I'm pretty sure he was kind of... He seemed more hesitant, much more hesitant than she was. Oh, well, this seems like child's play uh, in comparison to if she knew what happened to Lizzie. (laughs) Oh, yes. I don't think it would be as uh, pleasant. Even though it's not Scratch's fault, she might take out some of that pain and aggression on him. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. But... And maybe something's wrong with me, but this doesn't seem near as bad of a thing to do to somebody as, like, physically torturing them in a room. And I know it's terrible, <laughs> but, well, you know, like... It could be a lot worse. If you were, like, to use pliers or jumper, jumper cables or a clown that's, like, constantly oh. coming out of the darkness, cackling while holding a Chainsaw. jack-in-the-box with an even scarier clown inside that <laughs> oh, pops out and terrible. sprays acidic acid on you. If I was editing this week, all of that would be censored. <laughs> <laughs> and every time you hear Pop Goes the Weasel, you break down after that. Wow. I don't know. That's, yeah. Dra- I, I might you take went to a drug really, behind the truck. You went to a really dark place, man. Yeah, I was trying to think what, you know, these. this thing is not as bad as those other things. <laughs> I mean, they, they could be pulling out fingernails with pliers, and that is a lot worse. Waterboarding is a lot worse. I'd take this any day over those two. This and might well, need to be censored as well. I've had a, ton- a toenail removed from pliers. Uh, I have two, and it wasn't fun. <sighs> well, at least for me, it was completely numb from wearing a, a shoe that was too small and running too much on it. Oh, you've told that story before. That is delicious. It's disgusting. <laughs> I'm glad it didn't hurt because it seemed really weird. Oh, man. <laughs> That's gross. I hope nobody's <laughs> eating right now. If you are, I'm sorry. And that crunchy piece was just a chip. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, so finally, they break Tardust. Maybe. At, I mean, I I think he's probably broken. <laughs> maybe. Well, maybe. I mean, maybe he's just really strong-willed and is giving them some bad information, which I doubt. But I'm, I'm guessing they broke him, and he's... Telling them where Scratch is. Yeah. Now, this is another location. It's, they say it's north of 210 in the middle of nowhere. Could this be the cabin? Mm. That was Good. my first thought. No, I, I, I never even thought about that. She staffed a whole bunch of stuff up. Staffed a whole bunch of stuff out, up there. Like, maybe some of those traps and things we saw in the picture. <laughs> my next thought was, oh, crap. You know, all these other safe houses that... Tardis took them to were all emptied out. So is this where all the those weapons went? So they're like loaded to the hilt. Yes. Oh yes. And they, Riley, uh, Riley says at the end of this, are you? Do you have something before that? No, no. Go ahead. She says, you know, if this is some kind of trick, and Tardis just goes, he knows what she'll do. So obviously Riley is off the deep end. She's uh, crossed the torture line, and Tardis knows that he'll die or worse. Be tortured. <laughs> yeah, it won't be good. And there, this seems to be a point of contention with the fans. Uh, there's a lot of this on the forums right now about she has lost it. This is like beyond uncalled for. Yeah, going too far. You normally don't get this out of your good guys. Well, the next thing we got Michael's journal. Right. We missed the. Well, we get to skip the part of them dropping Cody off two miles from their target area. Were they doing that just to keep him safe and out of the way, or? Were they going to drive this thing two miles? <laughs> uh, if you remember from the last episode, they wanted to unload it so they had full range on the turret. Oh, yes. Good call. 
and uh, I don't know what they were going to use Cody for. They're going they had something else in mind for him. Yeah, or it or we her. Been let in on that part of the plan yet? Yeah, her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now we're getting ready to bathe in the Skittle juice. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Skittle sauce, Skittle sweat, <laughs> Skittle sauce, <laughs> all over his body. They did too. <laughs> Hey, it was good to see uh, Saul joking around here. It w- really was. And I was, yeah, I just made a note. All it said was, I love Saul, man. <laughs> <laughs> I do. You know, you know, I know, rubbing yourself in the, those guy's sweat is weird to you. You know, <laughs> said that like, what? That's weird? I thought that's what you and Fernando did all the time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> As they're dabbling uh, sweat onto their bodies with a sponge. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Victor seems to be able to really put Saul at ease, and he's definitely distracted at the moment. Yeah, that's good stuff. It is. It really is. <laughs> you got to go somewhere else whenever you're putting somebody else's sweat on you. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be too serious. <laughs> can't be too serious. <laughs> I don't think this is a pot of gold either. No. <laughs> So they got three of the cameras up and rolling. Uh, they got three of the cameras planted, and they're rolling out cables to a legal office, and they're putting out the fourth camera uh, as a spot a regular zombie, and then zombies. Yes. Um, and Michael also mentioned they used um, a third of the jar of sweat, so maybe they have two more tries with it. Of course, they use a little bit more later. But maybe they have two more tries with the sweat. I'm guessing. But yes, so the guys are coming out of the apartment complex. And it sounded like um, there was one, like two, then three, then then it sounded like a bunch of them. Did you get that too? Or was it just like three or four of them? I, I got that there was like a handful of them out there. Okay, yeah, it seemed like there was more coming out, but I wouldn't, I couldn't tell. It seemed like there were three of them approaching the building. And then there were, well, I, I, and I could be wrong on some of these numbers, but then there were two leaving the the. Was it an apartment complex? Yeah. Yeah. With the courtyard and yeah. scratch marks on the entrance like the church. Which was a really cool detail. Yes. And it's good. It's cool to see that because, you know, these things could be all over the place and you just don't know it unless you can identify these scratch marks. So I'm guessing they don't need the cameras anymore? Maybe? No, they go out, they go out and play six more after this. Hmm, I guess just to gather more intel. Right, I think that's what they're doing. Which is very interesting. I kind of want to know what comes out of this, but or what the end game is. Now they know there were another entrances. Right. What next? I guess maybe if they can find one that, you know, one of the smarter zombies uses more often or something like that. Who knows? Hmm. Did you catch uh, Michael's no-nonsense approach to Vic whenever they were kind of joking around and clanging the bottles around? <laughs> yeah. It seemed like it was a, maybe a little laced with frustration over something Vic did in the past that we've, you know, kind of been told a little bit about. Like, you know, don't don't fool around like last time, you know. Type oh, stuff. no, I didn't catch that. Cuz he sounded really like more than stern, which is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Michael's such a loose cannon sometimes when they go out on these missions. Right. <laughs> Good dad. <laughs> <laughs> I like the uh I like that it slowed down enough for us to get a real good description of the Korean zombie. You know, just to really good, put a good picture in my mind of what was happening and what exactly Michael saw. Uh, 
watching and sniffing the air with a blank expression. Right. No hostility. But that was a really clear picture in my head of what was going on at this point. But yeah, so the sweat seems to be working. But I'm glad that they applied a rule to it like it can wear off, too. Yeah. So that's that's cool. It's it's not going to be some super powerful thing. They can just put it on and walk wherever they want for an unlimited amount of time. <laughs> yeah. I, and I like how Michael was uh, whispering underneath his breath about the uh, not to point the rifles at him and yeah, kind of stop what you're doing. I've got like seeing him looking like a ventrilo- ventriloquist, not trying to move his <laughs> lips and stuff. Like a re- don't a really point the rifle. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Tyrannosaurus Rex and Jurassic Park. <laughs> they only see movement. Yeah. <laughs> I love when they ah. do that in movies, like when they parody it. They're like, that's not how this works. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to move oh, on man. to Dunbar? I am. So we're back at Dunbar with uh, everybody's hero, Pegs. And <laughs> oh, oh, you want me to say something? No, I was. <laughs> and Kelly and CJ, and they're going over just different arrangements. Of course, you guys heard uh, Seventh Floor, there's no window coverings, so. Yeah, there's a boy there for pegs. Snipe pegs, or if she's scared zombies will crawl up there and try to snuggle. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> so she's going to stay on the sixth floor, where it's the dark. At least we know she's not scared of the dark. Or maybe she's just more scared of other things, which would be rational. Cool. She'll have some roommates. <laughs> CJ, well, not CJ, but Kelly will be nearby. Hope yep. may live with her, the baby. Mm-hmm. Yep, something, it's going to be a full house. Right, what other kind of good details did we get here? Oh, that CJ's a nut job? Yeah. <laughs> that that was kind of creepy. I was like, well, you know, you should have at least talked with him first. Kind of creepy, and then not realizing it's creepy to put cameras in your bedrooms. Because, <laughs> like we see, we know Kelly, if she's not romantically uh, linked with Vic, she's probably going to be soon, and Pegs has Michael, and... So why would you even put them up in their bedrooms? Wow. I, I don't know. But yeah, I just it's hard for me to imagine somebody wouldn't understand that that's weird. But man, when that drill first kicked on, I was like, whoa, what's happening? Right. <laughs> that was a good... Uh, did you catch the effect of her yeah. talking through the radio? But you could also hear her through the uh It, it was through the well floor. done. That was really cool. Let's see. Um... Yeah, I mean, this is the only one they know about at this mo- this point. But she says that she has cameras in every room and agrees to move them. I, <laughs> I wonder if she will, though. Yes, she kind of. Uh, I kind of thought I heard deception. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the baby monitor, which I'm glad you brought this up last week. Uh, Kelly mentions she has a lot stronger baby monitor. Yay! So <laughs> it makes everything wonder, better. I wonder who that who's going to hear that. Like you were saying, maybe Scratch will pick that up. I don't know, but this is where I do have to give CJ credit. She's using a wired device to monitor the baby, mm-hmm. which is a lot safer in their situation. Yes. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, and as earlier in the scene, whenever Hope was downstairs with Lady and the baby, were they like out in the car alone or something? I think they were down in the lobby area or something like that. So. But I, I thought that was a little strange, too. I was like, you're going to leave the blind girl with the baby? 
exposed. Yeah, I feel much better if they were inside. At but least. it it sounded like you know later on just putting things together, it sounded like um, Tanya and Puck were down there too. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, they got Tanya and Puck moved somewhere. Where did they take? They took Puck to the third floor also, right? Right. That's where the medical supplies are. That's where CJ is going to be. Mm-hmm. So CJ and Puck, third floor. Hope, Pegs, probably Michael, probably Vic, Kelly, sixth floor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, this was hilarious. Well, wait, wait. You said sixth floor? Yes. Uh, no. Uh, Vic and Saul have rooms on the seventh floor. Right. I'm saying Vic might move downstairs. Oh, I'm sure Kelly, with Kelly. Kelly. I'm sure Kelly will want to get away from that on occasion. So <laughs> <laughs> I would stay up on the seventh floor. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but here's something funny, because this was very fitting of Pegs. When they were testing the baby monitor, she was making the wah noises. Yeah. Yeah. Best. Loud and clear. Best impression of her by herself. (laughs) (laughs) Wah. (laughs) And then she patted herself on her back, and she just felt good and went back to sleep. Wow. Stopped crying. Yeah. The The baby baby whisperer. whisperer. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. So Hope's site is getting a little better, at least yeah. up close. Starting, maybe we're going to get a payoff on that surgery, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> and what everybody is coining the perf- or the cool ant, Kelly finds alcohol and offers it to Hope. <laughs> yeah, what's that all about? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Shot, shot, shot. <laughs> and I heard that too. And Peg says, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was, I'm glad people heard that because was, it was kind of played like it was in the background, even though nobody was talking over it when she was like, uh, what did she say? Yeah, I guess she's just like, you want to have, have some alcohol or whatever? Or have some shots? And Hope's like, sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, pick your poison. No, af- <laughs> after that. Oh, after that. She was like, you want to have some shots? In the background, you, it's, it's pretty faint. Yeah, she, she starts going, shots? Shots? She goes, sure. No, 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 that's later. That's later? Yes. Whenever Pegs goes to walk off with CJ, Pegs says something. There's a pause, and you can hear Pe- Kelly in the background, and she says, so you want to take some shots? Oh, yes, yes, yes. And Hope says, sure. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> what do you say? I bet we make your vision just a little bit blurrier. <laughs> sure. Oh... So yeah, Tanya says she's about to head to the library and then to the mortuary, mm. which lines us up for our next scene. Yes, it does. Tanya's levels are completely normal when she does the blood work, and yeah. she goes. She mentions that ever since she learned about the keratin, that I guess I guess they're saying that to give us a kind of mental reference on time, because so, knowledge of it certainly wouldn't make you better. I don't think. So no. you understand the problem? It's it's the observer effect. Oh yes. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I, I thought I thought this was an interesting thing because I was like, well, you know, what's going on here? You know, is it is there are they finally completely out of the clear? Sounds like she is, though she's still retaining some of the abilities. Yeah, which I guess we'll find out later. Which is so great. It, it may be still fluctuating. <clears throat> But she's working on identifying the symbols. But yeah, but also it's been trending down. So mm, she mm-hmm. says ever since then it's been going down, and now she's normal. I agree that it could still be fluctuating, absolutely. But I'm also, I think it's just me being hopeful that 
she's going to be perfectly fine, but retain these abilities. Hmm. Not not only is she immune, but she gets to keep the the abilities as well. And that would be cool. It'd be really cool if she had a sense of what the symbols meant, like Datsu had. Right. I, I thought that they were going in that direction when she was talk, talking about them, because she says at one point that she realizes what one of them says. I think she meant after studying it. Right. Because she looked it up, and they were all symbols for protection. Right. But we'll get to that in a second. Sure. So Peg showed up at the mortuary, and I'm immediately thinking, what? You know, she's all worried about being on the seventh floor that didn't have uh, the windows blocked. Yeah. So is she either stronger or more stupid than I would have ever guessed? <laughs> <laughs> she's out alone driving around to no, the mortuary. She was con- she was convenient <laughs> for she was... for Casey to write to go there. Well, I, yeah, I guess you kind of already backed because her in a hole. Everybody Ke- else, Kelly's drinking. Hope is blind and drinking. <laughs> Uh, Nicholas isn't driving anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, we had exactly. to have this happen, and nobody, everybody, and, and see, Casey, you should have killed everybody else. Then <laughs> we could have had somebody else here, and this happened. Wouldn't have wrote yourself in a corner there. <laughs> this is, that's funny. I didn't even think about it that way. Because <laughs> <laughs> Peg's motivations don't line up right there, and I'm kidding, of course. But- I'm glad we go there. I'm not... Not nitpicking. We get Pegs right to back to where Pegs is wonderful at doing what she does. Tanya says she wanted to be alone. Pegs says, yeah, everyone says that. Michael says he needs to be alone. That means we need to talk. <laughs> it's like, you're the worst at reading people. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Tanya did, uh, She did. at least she had her work done because at this point she was like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll come back with you. We can talk about this. Yeah, well, and right before that, you know, they go into the, an office adjacent to the mortuary, and so Pegs doesn't have to see the bodies or parts in jars. Right, yeah, that took me a couple of listens to figure out that she wasn't left in the car, because uh, once again, I'm like, okay, here comes Scratch, because she's out in the car alone, but no, she was like in the foyer or the waiting room of the mortuary. Right. Nobody's waiting to get in there, though. But, you know, I, I thought, okay, so you hear the vehicle get turned off, and then when they go between doors or something, you can hear an engine running. And I guess it's the uh, the generators. But it threw me off the first couple of times. It's like, what? I thought they turned it off. Mm. But yeah, I think it's a generator running. Okay, cool. So Tanya starts talking about the symbols. And this is where she was going through, talking about the Egyptian eye, the algaes, or algaes, or however you say that. The Chinese symbol that was unidentified. Um, all meaning protection, and they. I guess she has a book that she's referencing all this information, and uh, she looked at protection in there, and like all these symbols showed up, and including the five lines coming to a point with the rainbow on top. Has anybody I, in the forums identified that yet? Uh, that you've seen? I can't remember. I know see. it's been referenced, but this one wasn't in the book. But they, the what the reference they do have to the five lines to a point with rainbow is that Datu said it means stop, which they're thinking maybe also means protection. Right, okay, so she didn't find that one in the book. Got it. Right. She's just and translating. I'm just wondering, you know, at this point I'm thinking, can they use these symbols to protect their own buildings? Yeah, and you brought this up before, it's a good point. Certainly that they'll do this at some point. <laughs> <laughs> or they'll do it to uh, kind of like herd the zombies certain places whenever they do the final attack, who knows. Yeah, because it, it also, I mean, it seems like some of these may stand for uh, like a safe haven for the zombies mm-hmm. or something like that, so it may backfire on them. You just carry some poster boards as you're going into the place. 
and put them behind you so they don't come behind from behind. <laughs> <laughs> so there is some really cool uh, theories coming from the forums that we'll get to later that kind of go around this, which are really interesting. Awesome. I can't wait. Did you catch the old school horror scent kick in around this time? The old school horror scent. Like a, a synthesizer? Oh, a track? Yeah. Um, I didn't note it. I don't remember. It I remember it being really trippy. Cool. Like a trippy it, it, scene, but maybe that's yeah. why. Yeah, it sounds really cool. I liked it. So they get back to the question of, oh, did Ink know beforehand? Because he had all these things tattooed on him beforehand. Um, we don't really get much on that except that she wants to grab that uh, psyche valve for William Roberts and that's whenever Peg starts coughing. Right. And it happens every time the door is open to the mortuary. Right. And so I guess the big reveal here is that whenever the zombie bodies are dead and they decay they begin to you know melt and release this gas that's the same gas in Ground Zero. And it caused the body bag to melt. Yeah, it's very acidic, apparently. That is crazy. Ugh. So, with Tanya's levels being normal, she is one, but she's still, once again, unaffected by the gas. Right. So, so what does this mean? Retaining this ability, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's very interesting. Right. Oh, yeah. It's, um, I can't wait to learn more about Ground Zero. I think once we know that... Of course, there's not much time left. These pieces are just going to start falling right in the place for the most part. Right. And that's funny because that's that's the end of our our scene by scene coverage. But <laughs> looks like we're going to have a little ways to go when it comes to feedback. Oh yeah, we've got a lot of great feedback that covers, I'm sure, more stuff than than we have so far, and we get to talk about it some more. Yep. Favorite lines. Let's see. What are they? I've got to go with. Um, with the line about the sweat. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. But not that one. It's the one where Saul says, you know, that could be from all over his body, from, like, everywhere. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's what I was talking about, too. Not the Fernando joke, which was pretty funny, too. But Yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, I didn't really have one, but if I were to pick one, that would be it. Right. And I'm going to go ahead and give this a 425. Loving it. We're getting a lot of good information, and we're, we're really starting to um, move towards the end, unfortunately. Darn it. <laughs> In a good way, though. I think Casey's going to stick the landing here. <laughs> what if he doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> then we'll, we're going to get a refund on all these podcasts. <laughs> get a refund. <laughs> oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Well, our question of the week this week, unless you have some news. I do not. Cool. Our question of the week this week is, how did you hear about our fan cast? I was really uh, curious to know. And uh, some people actually did share some of their uh, Weird Live fan cast origin stories with us. Uh, Deanna says, she stumbled onto it while looking for Weird Live on iTunes. And as I am completely obsessed, I had to listen. And I'm so super glad I did. And I even got a pretty cool normal Facebook friend from it all. DeHaventon Wilson is a pretty cool cat. You guys are awesome and allow me to be a goofball listener that I am. I'll probably have to get into whatever else you do next so I can keep listening to y'all. Thank you. We're super glad you did too. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, it's going to throw a disclaimer right here <laughs> for the rest of these as well as the first part of the feedback. A lot of it's about us. Um, 
and we're trying not to be too self-loving here, but yeah, we do. <laughs> you guys wrote it and shared it, so we're going to share this. And thank you for answering the questions. Uh, DeHaventon says, Why, thank you kindly to Deanna. I second the notion that I made a, a cool Facebook friends through you guys. Deanna Austria rocks. Been a fan since the first episode. Not sure how I stumbled across you guys, but I raved all about you on the forum after you released your interview with Constance Park. And thank you, because yeah. uh, it seems like every week or two I hear from some people on the forums that just now are hearing about it from uh, when you guys mention it here and there. Very cool. Appreciate that. Clem. I love that name. Incredible name. It is. It's, <laughs> I happened to read about it, about the World Live fancast on the World Live forums. I think it was when... You, uh, your third or fourth episode was published, and ever since, I keep listening to you, because you and your show are awesome. <laughs> and cool! <laughs> you are awesome, Clem. Yes. Uh, Chris Westerman says, I was listening to the We're Not Dead podcast at first, and about that time, my son started to understand what they were saying. So about that time, I was asking Casey something, and then this podcast said something about being family-friendly, so I had to give it a look. After that, I've been hooked since then. Great show. Great guys. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Good dude. And he released another show on his uh, big screen mobile gaming podcast. Yes. I haven't got a chance to listen to that one yet, but yeah, keep it up, Chris. Good stuff. Good stuff, man. And uh, our next section here is listener mail, tweets, Facebook posts. And the first part is mostly Bert feedback. And <laughs> um, I, want, I just want to share this because on the off chance, Scott does listen. He can hear how much pe people loved it. It was an experience. <laughs> it really was. I had almost as much fun listening to it than I, that, uh, as, as I had talking with them. Oh, I know. It was so fast-paced. It, it was kind of... It was like listening to something completely new when I went back and listened to it. Oh, man. He was driving the train, no doubt. Oh, it no doubt about it. was hard to keep up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was fun, though. Mm -hmm. He's a good guy. He is. See, so, yeah, Mark... Uh, Galtasaur uh, at Galtasaur on Twitter says love the Scott Marvin episode but not a good idea to fall asleep with it on I dreamt of a crazed goat singing Burt Parker rock tunes <laughs> uh, Brandon Thomas on Facebook says listen to it uh, to it last night holy crap it <laughs> was it awesome not just funny but it also made you think just a good interview yeah he got he could go from, you know, crazy, silly, funny to deep at the drop of a dime and then back out of it again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Focus, yeah. Marv. <laughs> There's a degree of genius there. Tony Hines says, finally getting around to listening, and I can't stop laughing. Laughing. Uh, Focus, Tony. Focus, he says. <laughs> <laughs> Alberto Reyes, wow, I got a shout out from Scott. Yes, you did. Yes, yes. And he's, I think it was pretty funny, too. I can't remember exactly what he said. See, Clem on Facebook says, Really fine episode. I laughed a lot and enjoyed those roughly 90 minutes of hard ride very, very much. <laughs> awesome. Here in, Ger here in Germany, we have a saying, something like that. Good thing. Good thing want to take time. Good thing want to take time. <laughs> has, a good, has a good whiskey or whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> the more time it takes the better it gets <laughs> oh and you haven't heard nothing yet go get the uncensored version wow <laughs> uh yeah it sounds like he's from the louisiana part of germany <laughs> good thing i want to take time <laughs> all right uh 
Miro says, I seriously love the interview. It was so awesome. Good, you're good people. And I just made a note here that I wasn't going to read all the ones that asked for the uncensored version, but there was a, a lot. They were like, <laughs> just put it out there. Funky Dung says, Scott Marvin sounds uh, like the cartoon voice of Beetlejuice. That is awesome. Do you remember that? He kind of yes. does. I watched that a lot. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Eric also says, did you get carpal tunnel syndrome from editing that episode? Not once, but not twice, but three times. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a lot of work all right dj ram is yours <laughs> dj ram on twitter says you guys now have me you guys have me laughing on the ground with this interview <laughs> <laughs> what what was the picture on this one i don't remember uh it may have been oh it was just a preview of the yeah that's what i'm thinking playing oh right he screenshotted his uh podcast feed yes Let's see, uh, Josh Adelrinks on Twitter says, you seriously need to hear the Scott Marvin interview on the We're Live Fancast. Not exactly a formal interview, but that's what makes it. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't call any of our interviews a formal interview. (laughs) (laughs) No. We are the furthest from professional that you could ever get. (laughs) You have to be formal first for that sort of thing. (laughs) And after today's show... Josh Adelrinks on Twitter says, Ha, Peg should have totally let Kelly give Hope a shot. <laughs> I don't think there was any letting. It was going to happen. I glanced at this before I listened to the show, and I was like, Oh no, Like, I wonder if they shot at Scratch or something. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so lost. <laughs> and on our open thread for today's episode, Scott Marvin was the first to post, Spoiler that there are spoilers. Just get on with it. <laughs> and Clem, uh, Clem brings it here, so I'm gonna go through it and probably break away when I have a comment on it. It's a pretty good uh, long piece that uh, I haven't read all of it because I wanted to read it fresh here. It says, "Hey, we're live, Mick Redbeard, and we're live fans for 40 part 46 part two. Well, 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 well. I have a, I have a couple of brief thoughts." More than 46-1, this episode seems to set the stages for the big end games. Michael, Saul, Victor. I wonder how the Eudu Smelly Skittles... I don't know how to say that. It's a, like, Erd Eude toilet on, that they put on the, <laughs> on the cologne and perfume or whatever. I wonder how quickly the Skittles, the Smelly Skittles cologne, I'm just going to say cologne, wears off and what would happen then? And what if there is another rain? Michael said they would have used like one third of what Skittles produced for them. Seems like seems to hint uh, trouble approaching. Yeah, and we've had our fair share of rain in the LA area lately. He continues. Uh, I disagree with the concept of torture, and I'm not sure what to think of Riley and Bert binding Tardust to the back of a car and starting to drive it. Yes, it helped the story to evolve. Yes, it is less harmful than than many other means of torture, and yet it is torture. Riley gives me the creeps. The more I think about it, the more I don't understand her motives behind the Scratch stories. It is, is it revenge for having killed Angel, or is it the trouble the Towerites, or for all the trouble the Towerites had to walk through? I don't get it. In contrary, I understand Bird at least for a bit for the pain and trouble he went through with Scratch. And yet in the world of survival, what good is it to stick to revenge and stuff? You know, it's the parallels between Riley and Scratch. Scratch lost her brother, and Riley lost Angel. It's almost the same scenario, and they're both going to extreme extremes. Right. Obsession. 
<laughs> oh yeah, good point. She's a, uh, and I guess that makes Bert Tardust, <laughs> <laughs> because he was tortured. Yeah, like Tardust, and also he's kind of hesitant, just the same way that old uh, Philip was that his name? <laughs> Tardust is. Uh yeah yeah but yeah. Let's see. Um, Clem continues. For the sake of the story, the stage is set. It looks like Riley and Bert will meet some Maulers and maybe even finish the whole Scratch arc. But Scratch and Pegs are not done yet. I have to agree. That's that's got to pay off at some at some point. Just, just seems like, it, or it make, seems like it would. Make it neutral and have them kill off each other. <laughs> Tanya, Clem continues. Tanya, yellow gas, dissolving bodies of zombies. I'm not certain anymore if the yellow gas gases now at the mortuary are part of a zombie problem or maybe. Some kind of zombie pesticide. <laughs> but maybe I suffer from a lack of understanding chemical and biological mechanics. No, I don't think we have to have uh, those kind of credentials to understand this too much. But I bet you're okay. Finally, since the mortuary and Dunbar are not close to Inglewood, and Inglewood was the main place with the gases, what does it mean that the gases appear at the mortuary? Is it because of the dissolving bodies of the zombies, or is there, or is there some other source? And if another source, what does it mean for the whole L.A.? Oh, we didn't talk about this. Uh, I had something to say about that. All right, I can't answer a why to this piece because, uh, and I haven't even said what I was talking about, but, you know, the, the zombies would come and dig up people and they would drag them back. So we haven't been we haven't really been able to see this happen before. So I, I'm thinking it's probably every dead zombie that they have does this. As a maybe as a way to just help propagate the sickness, but we really haven't seen one left around long enough to see this happen, with the exception of maybe the little one that Tanya experimented on. And didn't she experiment on others? I believe so, but I think this is the longest they've had a body. Has to be. So maybe it's just a really long time. But yeah, Clem has a good point. It could maybe it is something else or another source that's not the body, but it seemed like it was coming from the body. Right. The way that, the way that I heard it. And there and there's more coming from the forum feedback, and it's one that I I kind of like the idea, of, so I don't want it to yeah. interfere here. Okay, yeah, we're about done with this one. Uh, Clem says, as I said, just brief ideas, but although the impression of 46.2 is somewhat light, there's a lot of detail work in it, and I've not mentioned all the thoughts about it yet. Looking forward to your next episode. Sorry, <laughs> looking forward <laughs> to your next episode. Cheers, cheers to you, Clem. Yeah, that, that's awesome. As always, you uh, bring a really thoughtful take. And you have see, Chris Eads on Facebook says, I have to agree with everything posted above. And again, this episode was setting the stage for the for the final confrontations. And again, every time I, I heard Pegs alone, standing outside the mortuary waiting for Tanya to move the grossness inside, <laughs> I was expecting Scratch to ambush her. Next week's episode will be a big cliffhanger for Chapter 47. No doubt about it. It, it. it should. Yes. Although I think I've been saying that for a little while. I, I've been waiting for that confrontation to happen. <laughs> oh, it's coming. Oh, Hopefully. yeah. Probably, if not next week, then... Well, that's stupid. <laughs> of course. If not next week, then and then one, one of the next two chapters. <laughs> It'll happen before the end. Right. <laughs> It's coming. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it happens in the next two chapters, and <laughs> if not, this next piece. On to the forum feedback. Thank you for collecting this, sir. No problem. Gooer says. <clears throat> so Tanya's keratin levels are going down. Does that mean Saul's is also going down? Seems like a rational thing. That's what I'm guessing. Yeah. 
What does it even mean? Who knows? That, is it is it working? That they are really immune and their system has beaten it. I don't know. I, that's my guess. <laughs> um, that weasel Tardust was lying the whole time and hopefully gave up Scratch's location. Also, it seems Skittles' sweat actually somewhat works as a repellent, which will be interesting to see how close they get they can get to the base of the zombies. Also, since Tanya doesn't notice the air from Ground Zero, it managed to contaminate the mortuary. Since the body was somewhat rotted and eroded in the body bag, does that mean does that mean the haze from Ground Zero is actually from tons of bodies that are rotting down? And does that mean it will spread everywhere since there are dead zombies around the country? Oh, good point. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I can't say anything here in this other, like, you know, in regards to what Clem was saying, because I think this is incredible. This this opens it up for like everything getting really bad. It takes it all a, over the place. It takes it even a step further. Because I was thinking, like, what if Ground Zero was related to a cemetery, but that would be not infected bodies rotting. Maybe this is where they take all the dead bodies to, and why sometimes there's not any gas because all of it's dissipated. And then once they get more zombies down there, more of it comes out. I don't know. Or, you know, there's a lot of stories that are running around the internet uh, of what they say appear to be previous zombie attacks that have been thwarted. And, uh, and they're saying that maybe these are the, uh, the the gas from those dead zombies in the past. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Is that is that, like, entirely, like... Fan fiction, or is are they were is there something from the story that says that? No, 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 no. That's one of the theories that are out there. Someone may mention of that as well. You know, because uh, you go out and look, and there's a bunch of weird conspiracy blogs that have like there's one. Oh, in you're talking about Gulf World of conspiracy stuff. Okay, yeah, I thought yeah, you were saying yeah. there was some of this stuff like hidden in the show I haven't caught. No, 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 no. Okay, it's, uh, it feeds into the <laughs> the theory kind of along the line of what Guru is saying, but takes it to a whole another level. Interesting that they're buried zombies underneath the earth. But I, I like the idea of them being everywhere, and it's all bodies doing this because of something, and uh, meaning that there's gonna, eventually going to be no safe place to go to if so, if you can't keep dead bodies away from you. Right, 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 right. So break out the incinerator. <laughs> <laughs> Clem on the forum says, uh, on the mark, someone figured out already that they probably meant protection, and that's why Ink tattooed himself with them. I now think he did it in multiple languages to be sure everyone would get it get it regardless of the background. Brilliant! Brilliant, Clem! That is brilliant. I like that the most. That wow. It, it's kind of a coincidence, but, <laughs> you know, it makes the most sense. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> and then it's some... I pr- think we have a winner. <laughs> primal instinct to know what those symbols mean as far as whatever is inside their head that can read them. Yeah. And he knew it would happen. Mm-hmm. And he tattooed himself with it, so he knew about it beforehand. Yeah. And that's what the symbols mean. Wow. It's just hitting me like a ton of bricks. That's crazy. <laughs> but it makes so much sense. It fits well. It does. And so he's got 31 and 32. 31, the corpses were stuffed underground and rot until whatever makes the gas. Bacteria, whatever, did its job. Then stayed there for a long time. Possibly some of the corpses turned into oil. A small quake lets the gas escape. The cracks and boom, zombie apocalypse. 32, the problem with 31 is that ink cannot predict quakes. So I thought of an alternative. It would also be that some of the yellow gas was present in oil. Again, oil produced 
while the corpse is buried underground during the last mass extinction event, and that is introduced in the atmosphere through the combustion engine. Although in diluted form, ink could have, uh, or although in diluted form, ink could have uh, figured that after so many years of using the combustion engine, the concentration of gas was about to reach critical mass, at least in some of the more developed countries, and thus he could have been prepared accordingly. So then it turns into an environmental thing, mm. which is very popular right now, so uh, very well could play. It's very well thought out stuff. Uh, my devil's advocate um, piece here would be that I think after time it dissipates, and it, we're talking about if we're going for ma- you know mass extinction events, that would have found some other way out and dissipated because what if that's if, part of the if story? The possible, if the possible theory is that um, they're putting zombie bodies down in there because now now I'm catering it to my pet theories. <laughs> if they're put <laughs> if they're putting the zombie bodies down in there. Then you know, after a while, there's not any more gas coming out. Then that would lead me to believe that all the gas that could come out of that body was gone. Am I making any sense here? It's also have, it has to be it has to be constantly stocked with more bodies for the gas to be continually coming out. Unless it was never released and only parts of the uh, cavernous areas are ruptured each time a quake happens. Yeah. Okay. I it's could, all on I how could... you shape it. I could see that, but normally that stuff, it's gas. Those gases can make it out a lot of times. Well, you know, like fracking, they have to keep pumping water down into it in order for it to come out, mm-hmm. as well as other chemicals and wonderful stuff. Yeah, def- it's definitely well thought out. <laughs> All right, my turn. Liam Carrington says, The way Tanya described lets me believe um, that there seems to be some direct link between the dissolving body and the gas. We know and again received confirmation that the gas affects people. Pegs coughing. Oh, at least he calls her a people. We're, we're in a good group. And from what we know and assume, the gas plays a role in the whole zombie thingy. But what exactly is it? Or is the gas some kind of countermeasure against the zombies? I swing towards the latter idea, because A, it seems to dissolve bodies after some time of, of exposure, and B, when Englewood was affected, there were no zombies around. Huh, so it's kind of like the water on the alien type thing. Or the common cold. Oh, and even better. And maybe he, maybe he's saying this, but uh, and I'm just now getting it. <laughs> Z- uh, zombies don't go in Ground Zero. They stay away. So maybe it is, um, like he's saying, a countermeasure. Or what if Ink is a good guy and he's trying to get rid of all the zombies through his super zombies? Right. <laughs> and he just needs more... To turn more people into zombies. To... In order to kill off the zombies. Right. I don't really buy that theory. I'm just kill, kidding. <laughs> if you kill all the people, then they can't become zombies. Once they die and decompose. Done! Endgame! So Done! Well <laughs> Undead Sweeper says, Someone is a bad influence. Datu would not have, have would not approve. <laughs> Hardcore says, What if there have been outbreaks in the distant past? followed by lots of zombie corpses getting trapped underground, releasing gas as they decompose, then the gas gets suddenly released thousands of years later and we get a new outbreak. Sounds like Clem's uh, one of his theories, too. A lot of people are going with this trapped bodies underground. Yeah, you know. And as a result of uh, pollution from the <laughs> from the combustion engine. The more I have time to let it sink in and think about it, it, it makes a lot of sense. It does. I, I think it would be kind of cool... 
And it sounds like something Casey would write too, because it's you know looking at a mass extinction event a long time ago, and it makes it kind of sciency. I love the conspiracy theories out there about past zombie attacks and outbreaks. Mm-hmm. And there's one. It was truly interesting. It's a. I think it originates out of Florida. So and I, I think if you just put Florida zombie outbreak uh, during World War One or World War Two, it comes up, and it's it's a neat little read. <laughs> it sounds like some good reading. I can't <laughs> wait. It's fun. <laughs> Yet another bloody cheek says, "Yeah, there is definitely a pattern why Michael conducts suicidal recon missions almost on a weekly basis." <laughs> <laughs> I about fell out when I read that when I read that one because <laughs> <laughs> he is constantly doing something and then berating Victor for not being a better soldier. Yes, and this isn't this isn't really I wouldn't consider this a Walking Dead spoiler, but it's another correlation between this and The Walking Dead is that, that main character is used to always go on the run in the comics. It was always <laughs> getting out there, you know, in danger, and his wife and kid were like, "Stop, stay here." <laughs> You're an idiot. Right. Just get out of L.A. He's like, no, I've got a comic to sell. People won't read it if I'm not in danger. <laughs> oh, let's see. Uh, Grog says, biodiesel. Darn it, Bert. Forget about it. You would just be chasing another logistic supply chain. He's going to need ethanol, methanol, and a strong alkali, sodium, or potassium hydroxide, which is Drano. Or potash or, you know, things you would use to make soap that you would have anyways. So I kind of have some problems with his ingredient list here. They would be much better off to hit the naval yards and find some pre-positioned resupply nodes. Which is a really good point. I didn't think about that before. Mm. Is that there's it, This all happens so quickly. There's bound to be tons of supplies out there. Especially in shipyards. Yeah, and chances are, though... Um... Other people have thought of it too. Yeah, but it like I said, I mean, as far as we know, and there there are not too many survival groups out there. Unfortunately, Drano is not continually mass producing Drano, so you go to the store and you get it, and it's not going to be there the next time. Right, but you don't need that. That's what potash is for. I mean, you burn wood and you take the ashes and throw them in water and evaporate it out and do this over and over, and that's potash. It's potassium hydroxide. Or probably potassium hydroxate, uh, something like that. I don't remember, but it, it's real simple stuff that's been done for years and years and years. It's basically the same principles as making soap, mm-hmm. which eventually they'll have to figure out. Yeah, they got to clean skittles up, man. That dude's so nasty; the zombies <laughs> won't even touch him. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's tainted. <laughs> that's all you got to do is don't ever wash. Don't you sm- don't have to rub sweat on yourself. Just don't ever wash. Smells Skittles. like mushrooms and what? What was that, the comment from last week? <laughs> there were some good ones. There was. That was good. <laughs> there were some more that came trickling in afterwards also. <laughs> I like the little sweat beads going down the side of your face and everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, wow, that was that was fun. And I think we're at the end. I don't want to, I'm not ready to stop talking about it yet. Don't fall down. <laughs> Drop my mouse. All right. Don't get angry. I'm, I'm upset too. Fancast is almost over. Oh. Oh, Redbeard. An hour long, in which edited down will be a lot less than that. I can't believe we're already done. I know. that was, And we had a lot of good feedback, too, that we spent time on. Something's going on here. You guys uh, can send your feedback for this episode and anything else to facebook.com slash WAFancast. Also tweet us at WAFancast. 
You can call us at 424-ALIVE80 and leave us a voicemail. We'd love to play those. Um, yes. And something else we want from you guys is, you know, I know I know it's not easy for everybody to donate to something like this, but if you were to do it, what would you want in return for your donations? Yeah, what, what kind of perks or something like that? If, we're, if we were to do an Indiegogo, which we've kind of have going, but we're trying to think of good perks that aren't just like asking for money <laughs> um which you know we don't want to be like that but if if there was any kind of perk what would people be interested in just let us know so whether it's a commissioned podcast for something that you like or um you know talk about a certain movie you like i don't know just to give you some ideas or spread your web, web design yeah we'll do your commercials for you no matter how ridiculous <laughs> As long as there's something that we don't morally object to. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I doubt that anybody would do that, but <laughs> just like I said, I guess we need to have some kind of disclaimer out there. We won't do anything. It's probably going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lost. I, I zoned out for a second. I went from one thing and then I heard, we'll do anything or we'll do that. <laughs> Good episode, man. All right. Yeah. I'll see you tomorrow. This has been Redbeard. This has been Mick, and we'll see you next week. Later. In your ear holes! <laughs> Thanks for listening to the We're Alive Fancast. If you would like to send feedback to the show, you can email us at we'realive at mickred.com, and we will read your mail on the show. We want to know what you think about We're Alive each week. Tweet us or email us your theories and reactions to that week's show. You can tweet us at, at WAFancast. Visit our website at mickred.com. Mickred is always spelled M-I-C-K-R-E-D. You can find the We're Alive Fancast on Facebook. Just search We're Alive Fancast. Special thanks to Kevin McLeod for letting us use his song Ghost Apocalypse in this podcast. This has been a Mickred production. different router this time <laughs> so she may be become part of the micred network oh. oh we're expanding we're very diverse yes <laughs> What's in your port- how's your portfolio looking <laughs> so should be interesting very nice okay technology speaking of okay so i bought this cheap frozen beef sausage from a local grocery store. Yes. <laughs> and I cooked some of it up this morning. It tasted great. And as I'm chewing, I hear, Kong! I'm like, what was that? And it was like, mm-hmm. it, it was a piece of bone. Oh, and your sausage? And it turns out it wasn't the only piece in the sausage log. <laughs> Mrs. Redbeard got some too. Oh, that's gross. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, this is real cheap. You never this want to is... think about what's in your sausage, but when there's bones in there, you know something's messed up. <laughs> That's <laughs> when you know that your Taco Bell meat <laughs> oh, gross. went somewhere else in the chain. <laughs> if you were like, to use pliers or jumper, jumper cables or a clamp on that's like oh. out of the darkness, cackling while holding a chainsaw in the box with an even scarier inside that... Acid on you. If I was editing this week, all of that would be censored. Sleepy time in Canada. Lay down his little head. <laughs>
Because that's what I said. With dreams of maple syrup and bacon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Now we're getting ready to bathe in the Skittle juice. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Skittle sauce. Skittle sweat. <laughs> Skittle sauce. <laughs> All over his body. They did, too. <laughs> hey, it was good to see us all joking around here. It really was. And I was, yeah, I just made a note. All it said was, I love Saul, man. <laughs> Dude, you know, uh, you know, rubbing yourself in another guy's sweat is weird to you. <laughs> so they're like, what? That's weird? I thought that's what you and Fernando did all the time. Oh, my gosh. As they're dabbling uh, sweat onto their bodies with a sponge. <laughs> yeah, uh, Victor seems to be able to really put Saul at ease, and he's definitely distracted at the moment. Yeah, that's good stuff. It is. It really is. <laughs> you gotta go somewhere else whenever you're putting somebody else's sweat on you. <laughs> you can't be too serious. <laughs> can't be too serious. <laughs> I don't think this is a pot of gold either. No. Hello, everyone. We really hope you enjoyed the We're Life Fancast today and the outtakes and all that. And next, I'm just going to play a few clips from what might turn into a new podcast of ours, uh, Lunch with Mick and Redbeard. That's not the name yet, but that could be the name. Let's go to lunch. What? We're going to unnamed restaurant to get a foot long. <laughs> Sub. Deliciousness. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to feed our ear holes at the moment. We're trying yes. to feed our. Right, your ear holes. Bullet. Your ear holes may go hungry. <laughs> I changed my background today to Brondo, the thirst mutilator. Oh, <laughs> for a second I was like, paper towels? <laughs> That's, I want to do that now. <laughs> yes, I've seen that movie. Bounty. Bounty. I just love that nice mountain man and those commercials back in the day. That's right. That's why we're such good friends now. He'd show up and tell that lady to clean up the mess. He wasn't going to do it. Wait, no, he did. He actually didn't do it. Me a song. You're driving, boss. I had a nightmare one night a long time ago when she was watching one. Like I had accidentally killed someone with a tractor and like buried the body. And I hate those dreams because you're like, sweating the entire time. Oh, okay. And you feel terrible. Attack. Yeah, I was like, what kind like, of person am I? Like? Kill people and I'm gonna get <laughs> caught. <laughs> Dang it. I would never make a great criminal. Dang it, Redbeard. <laughs> Running people over with tractors kills people. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was watching this one, and it was, um, like, I don't know.